You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team. Every day, that's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show on YouTube. We are over a thousand subscribers. Let's continue to get that subscribership. I guess is that what we call it up on YouTube. Let's get to two thousand at some point and three thousand by the beginning of the twenty twenty two season here for the Carolina Panthers. If you don't watch on on YouTube, that's okay. You can also rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can check us out also on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Odyssey, and all of the podcasting platforms out there where you can find this show and all the shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, which today is Friday, so I guess I'm going to answer your questions today. You can participate by adding me at Julian Council, DMing me, DMing me at Julian Council and sending a question on YouTube on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday show from that week for the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Go ahead and get into this week's edition, starting off with Newell or Newell. Hopefully I got that right. Hey, bro, what do you think about the linebacker core as it stands right now? And do, and do you think we will add in more in the draft? If so, who do you want? I like Troy Anderson, Leo Chanel. Uh, and Chad Muma as inside linebackers. I love Brian Asamoa at, at will for us and Darren Beavers as rush in linebacker and the same position as Reddick played last year. And I believe his versatility lends itself well in Phil Snow's defense. Well, you put a lot of research into this question. I actually believe we will draft Beavers and Anderson, but I just absolutely hope we draft Asamoa. I believe that's what his name is as well. I'm pretty sure I butchered his name. I definitely butchered it by just trying to speak. But his versatility is great as well. He's a great, good, he's a good blitzer for an off the ball linebacker. And from what I saw, he's he wraps up well as a tackler. I also like Jacoby McLean. Sorry, so long. LOL. Feel free to edit the question, which I guess I should have done. But we need to make linebackers great again here in Carolina. Please let me know what you think. And congratulations again on the 1K subscribers. Appreciate your professionalism and enunciation, by the way. Keep pounding my brother. Thank you. Um, yeah, as far as linebacker goes, like those guys, I literally don't. I've heard of Chad Muma. I don't know who those guys are. I think I've heard of Darian Beavers. But either way, like after what happened with Damian Wilson and the news of his arrest, now he's out on bond, $5,000, which is bond. But the news that came out of him allegedly threatening to kill his ex-girlfriend and destroying her property, if that's true, he shouldn't be here in Carolina. And as we've seen in the past, like with Kansas City, when all that stuff that happened in Nashville to draft a couple of years ago, Tyreek Hill, who's no longer a chief, he's now in Miami. They decided to draft McCall Hardman out of Georgia in the event that they did not have Tyreek Hill moving forward. So what the Carolina Panthers should do, and they should have done anyways, is find a replacement in the event that Damian Wilson is not here in Carolina this season or beyond. So let's go ahead and uh, find another linebacker and, Maybe those names that you mentioned might work out, but I can't sit here and break down those prospects and tell you whether they work out or not because I've not personally been watching linebacker tape, but they want to bring in a linebacker. I'll trust that they make the right decision. Hopefully, fingers crossed. All right, got Super Trebo. This comes from uh, YouTube. He said, hey, Julian, how's it going? It's going fine, I guess. Uh, due to the news of Rock Hill 
on the training facility. Are you worried Tepper might move the Panthers out of the Carolinas, or do you think they will stay in North Carolina? The Panthers aren't moving out of Charlotte. Like, where are they going to go? Like, seriously, in the United States of America, where is the NFL going to allow David Tepper to move his team? There's already two teams in L.A. There's two teams in New York. There's not going to be two teams in Chicago. Are they going to move to St. Louis? How'd that work out for Stan Kroenke and other past owners? Not well. They're going to move to San Diego. How'd that work out for the Spanos family, who now shares a building that Stan Kroenke built by himself in Los Angeles? They can't. Are they going to go to San Antonio? I saw someone joked on the YouTube page and said, OKC. Like, there, there's not another city in America where the Carolina Panthers could move. And the NFL does not want to have a gap from D.C. to Atlanta. That's not going to happen. I don't understand why people ever got concerned. Like back when they were selling the team with Richardson, everyone's like, oh, they're going to move the team. They're not going to move the team. Almost cursed. They're not going to move the team. And maybe I should have just to get the point across. They're not moving the Carolina Panthers. Not going anywhere. Also, the city council, when they were giving money for upgrades to the stadium for the Charlotte FC MLS team, they basically told Tepper too, like, we're giving you this money and you're tethered to the city so that the football team isn't leave. They don't need to do that. The football team's not going anywhere. The NFL is not going to let the Panthers leave town. They're not going to let David Tepper leave town. If anything, he's got to sell the team before he gets an opportunity to leave town. I get he's the richest owner, but he's not moving anywhere. So I don't understand uh, what people were concerned about that. They own the property down Rock Hill. They being Tepper, they're going to figure it out. Whether he has to pay for it, which he's not going to do by himself, but they'll find another way to get that thing done. Because York County, Rock Hill, the state of South Carolina don't want the embarrassment of David Tepper going in there, trying to build this pristine facility for them and have local usage as well within the community and for that to go up in flames and for it to just be in a half-built structure. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, they're going to figure it out in Rock Hill. But as far as the football team and where they play on Sundays, which is all that really should matter to anyone, they're going to continue to play in Charlotte because we just saw how things work out in South Carolina. So don't really know where uh, David Tepper would move the team. And I saw jokes, hey, maybe they can move to Raleigh. Come on. Really? Raleigh they're not going to do that and I love Raleigh that's not a Raleigh kind of like dig there it might have sounded like one but come on that's not I'm not too concerned about that happening all right um also Richard another question about Rock Hill and the Panthers HQ if you guys missed it um I think it was Tuesday David Tepper and his LLC uh ended the contract to build their practice facility and training facility there um, and also a sports medicine facility. They want to have concerts, high school football. There's going to be residential area, um, shopping, and all that kind of stuff. That's currently not happening. It will happen, I think, in the future. But uh, Richard asked me, what is Tepper's long-term angle with Rock Hill? Is he thinking about moving the team, which I already just told you no. Part of me thinks this is all political theater to show Charlotte, North Carolina, that they shouldn't screw around when we ask for a new stadium in New Year's. Okay, so in a few years. How is that even political theater? So, like, what is Charlotte seeing that's, like, going to scare them? It's like, oh, my God, if you don't issue the bonds, then I'm going to cancel the contract? Well, yeah, that's just business. Rock Hill didn't have the money, tried to get the loan. Whatever happened, they never issued the bonds. They were delinquent on their payment for 13 months, and the Panthers gave uh, David Tepper and Tepper Sports and Entertainment, whatever the hell it's called, spent all that time giving an opportunity and some leeway to figure it out. And for 13 months, they couldn't figure it out until they stopped construction. And then after that, they came up with a new proposal and there was already radio silence. Had they maybe come up with a proposal in the 13 months where the Panthers are asking them for the money, we wouldn't be in a situation. So it seems a lot to be on Rock Hill. As far as Charlotte goes, they're going to give the money when he wants it. 
He's going to get his third from the city or in the county or whatever. He's going to get his third from PSLs and he'll pay his third. It's going to happen. We've seen so many cities sit back and let these billionaires have whatever the hell they want. Now, some haven't done it and they've lost their teams. But again, where's he going to go? So Charlotte, I feel like, has leverage because they, they can say, well, you saw how last time it worked out when you tried to go down to South Carolina. So good luck going across the border and finding money. And then the NFL is going to be like, well, hey, you're not moving the team. So if anything, Charlotte City Council should sit back there and they should be tougher now, knowing that Tepper doesn't have a lot of options within the region if he wants to build a new stadium. You know, building Greensboro, you know, build it down in Greenville, South Carolina. No, he's not going to do any of that. All right. Uh, let's see. Vietnam. He's got a Baker Mayfield question. A lot of people love Baker Mayfield. Not really. Um, if Baker Mayfield does come to Carolina, what would we have to give up for him? And will it mess up our cap situation? We finally are in good cap spot and a good cap spot. And I would hate to see it messed up for another washed up quarterback. Okay. So if they do get Baker, they're not going to pay all of the $18.858 million. Even though some Browns fan told me a couple of days ago that I was wrong and that they would have the Panthers have to pay all of it. That's not going to happen. The Browns have no leverage. They have four quarterbacks on the roster, and one of them, Baker Mayfield, absolutely is not in their long-term plans. And even the backups are not in long-term plans, but they are. They were brought there after they traded for Watson, and they let it known that they didn't want Baker Mayfield anymore. So the Browns are going to have to pay a pretty large chunk of that salary that he has this upcoming season. I saw someone wrote that the minimum that the Carolina could take could be, or like the minimum potentially of that salary that Carolina could pay would be like $1 million, which would be fantastic. The Panthers have like 30 million in cap space, really only like 10 or 11 million. They could actually use because they still have to have money left over for the season and for the draft prospects. They their draftees. They got to sign after the draft next week and an ensuing couple of weeks and months. So that those that's money. That's important. Like you see the 30, it's not really all that real. And there's also money that they push towards the future. So the cap situation might not be great going into next season. So they have, the money to bring in Baker once the Browns pay the majority of his salary. Garoppolo, different story. Like $25 million, they don't have space for a $25 million contract. Like, yes, in theory they do, but that's not – I don't know how it's going to work out. I'm sure Fitterer and Samir Suleiman will find a way to fit it in, but you don't really waste your cap space on Jimmy Garoppolo. So, Baker, I wouldn't be too concerned about it. If anything, they give up a six-round pick or a seventh-round pick. Look at last year when they traded away Teddy Bridgewater, they got back a six rounder from Denver and they paid the majority of his salary. Same thing's going to happen here with the, with Baker Mayfield if they bring him to Carolina. All right, let's take a quick pause here and then I'll answer more of your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the other side of this Locked On Panthers. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes loss and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays exclusively for our listeners. Head to ShadyRays.com and use code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses, backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, moving on to more of your questions here on this edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag. Again, make sure to uh, at me on Twitter at Julian Council, DM me on Twitter at Julian Council, or leave a comment on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday show from that week to participate on the Weekly Friday Mailbag. Going to Ian now. He said, hey, Julian, big fan of the show from the Spotify podcast side. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for making mornings fun and entertaining. You're welcome, and thank you for listening. I've got a Friday mailbag question. I listened to the Locked On NFL mock draft and heard your choice for Willis over Aquanu for the Panthers. Um, Wanted to know your train of thought for that pick. In my opinion, I would be fine with either choice, and since you did pick Willis, what is the likelihood of either Jimmy G or Baker being traded to the Panthers to mentor Willis? Well, if they do take Malik Willis, they're not adding Jimmy G or Baker Mayfield because that would make no sense at all. They would have three quarterbacks on the roster, and Sam Darnold would possibly probably be the starter this year, or he'd be the backup, depending on how Willis looks once he actually gets here to Carolina. And maybe people are wrong, saying that he needs some time. Maybe he's ready to go immediately i don't know we'll see okay so the reason i picked malik willis let's be i'm gonna be honest with you um i was at the masters a couple weeks ago see that i was at the masters and you can't have your phone at augusta so my phone was off all day i get back to the car i have a text message from ross who is our uh channel coordinator also host of locked on saints saying hey we need your pick for the mock draft I didn't put any thought into it. He like showed me who was available. I didn't even really think about whether Aquanu was available or not. I just took Malik Willis because I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to take a quarterback. And if they're going to take a quarterback, I figured it would be Malik Willis. So that's my train of thought. I was at the Masters all day. I didn't think about it for even a second. And I just said Malik Willis. So <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I literally like, hey, we need that in two sentences. And I was like, all right, here, Willis. And then here's two sentences. I did not really think about it at all. I guess I probably shouldn't have revealed that, but I'm just going to keep it 100 and be honest with you. Like, I did not think about it at all. Um, so I would take, personally, I would take a Quanu or any tackle over Willis or any quarterback. Not any tackle, but I would take a tackle over quarterback there at six. So in this instance, had I been paying attention, probably still would take Willis because I was going to do what I think the Panthers are going to do. But I, if I'm the Panthers, I'm taking a Quanu over Willis. All right, so let's move on. Sorry about that, Ian, but there's there's the honest truth. Uh, Quebec, I guess, representing the entire province in Canada. With Shy gone, we going after Debo. Also, still on that cam train. Okay, cool. Um, and then Percy also had a question as it pertained to Debo Samuel. Uh, the inverse of it saying, is there a reason for the, for, okay, he said, is there a reason for Carolina fans to think that a move for Debo is possible considering the need at left tackle and quarterback? Great question, Percy. Uh, Adam Schefter of ESPN came out on Wednesday after the news was broken by, I want to say, Jeff Darlington of ESPN.com, an NFL insider, saying that Debo Samuel had requested a trade from San Francisco. Now, the Niners aren't going to do it, 
unless someone blows him away. Because why would you trade away Debo, Debo Samuel? And him sitting out is not going to help himself. And it's interesting, the whole Debo situation. He's going to be the first player in the history of football to say, I don't want the ball as much as you're giving me the ball. And I get it. It's not necessarily the amount of touches. It's where the touches are occurring and how they're occurring. He doesn't. He's good. He's been beaten up. He doesn't want to be a pseudo running back and a wide receiver. It's just, it's interesting because like we talk about here in Carolina, let's use Christian McCaffrey in a slot. The way Panther fans want to use Christian McCaffrey sounds like the way that Kyle Shanahan uses Debo Samuel. Whereas McCaffrey doesn't have a problem touching the football. Debo does. And as far as longevity goes and getting another contract after the next one he's going to sign, I understand it, but it's also just like, Wow, I never thought I'd see the day where a wide receiver especially would say, I don't want the ball as much as you're giving it to me. Kind of wild, but that's where we're at apparently. As far as him coming to Carolina, Schefter reported that he would like to be closer to home. Well, if you want to be closer to home, I think he's from the area. Where is where is Debo Samuel from? I, I He went to the University of South Carolina, so that's going to be immediate tie right there. I assume he's from, let's see, Google machine tells me he's from Inman, South Carolina. So... The closest team to Inman uh, is going to be, obviously, the Carolina Panthers. They don't even know where Inman is located. Okay, so it's in the uh, – he's from the – the okay, it's in Spartanburg. So he's from the upstate of South Carolina. All right, well, Panthers and Falcons, those are the two teams. I guess that would make the most sense for Debo Samuel. I don't see it happening. It's going to be – they got to trade for him. So you got to give him a ton of assets, which the Carolina Panthers don't have. And then they have to fill fit him into the cap. Well, how much space you have for Debo Samuel, who's going to be want going to want to be paid like one of the top receivers in the NFL when you're already paying DJ Moore 20 million a year. I don't think it's realistic, but it's possible. I don't think I, I wouldn't the Panthers wouldn't be the top team. I, I would suggest it would happen. Um, but yes, there are greater needs like left tackle and quarterback, although left tackle might be solved. According to James Camp, and he thinks that uh, Brady Christensen could start at left tackle, even though he's not set at the position just yet. But yeah, you need someone to throw the ball to Debo. So let's get a wide receiver, but we don't have a quarterback. Mm, no, there, there's, a, there's, I don't know. I don't think it's uh, that feasible right now. All right, we got Why Big Jordan. I think this is a YouTuber name. Uh, Friday Mailbag. What happened to that report by Ellis Williams that said it was Akim Ikwadu, Evan Neal, or Malik at six or a trade back? I love that idea. And to my knowledge, he hasn't been wrong yet. Yeah, so they did a mock draft, him and Jonathan Alexander from the Charlotte Observer. And they and that's what Ellis had put in that article that put him what he had heard from the combine, I believe, that Iki Aquanu, Evan Neal, Malik Willis, those are the three players Panthers are hoping to have an opportunity to draft at six. So I don't know if that's changed at all. I haven't, I mean, I've been keeping up with what he's been reporting. I don't think he's necessarily changed that opinion. Maybe he has. So I, if I if he has, I missed that. Um, he said also, have you seen the teams we play next year? AFC North, NFC West, Saints, and Bucks twice, and the Broncos. There is no quarterback available that could save Matt Rule's job or even get him a winning season. He's just going through the motions. I think we could get Malik and sit him for a year and follow the blueprint of the Chiefs, Ravens, Bills, and 49ers. I very strongly believe a new coach would love to have Malik. I think having the mindset of being a win-now team with the odds of stacked up against us like that, Vegas has a slate of six wins, and after three consecutive five-win seasons, shows a complete lack of self-awareness. Well, it shows a lack of a plan. Like, the plan from the jump should have always been, all right, you want to get rid of Cam, whatever. Bring in Teddy. You have the contract for Teddy where you get an out after two years. Have him start for two seasons. And then you could have drafted a quarterback. They could have had Teddy Bridgewater in 2020. And then after that, last year, 
they were in prime position to take a quarterback. They could have taken Mac Jones or Justin Fields and had them sit behind Teddy this last season and then have them start. Like what San Francisco did, where they had Garoppolo, they still liked Jimmy, thought they could win with Jimmy, but they did not think Jimmy would be the long-term answer there in San Francisco. So they traded up, got Trey Lance. The Panthers didn't have to give up any assets to do that. They were in prime position at eight to take a quarterback had they just stuck with Teddy and just been done with that instead of trying to skip the line. Because what the Chiefs did is they had Alex Smith, didn't think he was a long-term answer, and they then traded up, got Mahomes. The Ravens, Flacco, he was on a downturn. They go and get Lamar Jackson to trade up into the first round, final pick of the first round, get their guy. The Bills have become a playoff team with Tyrod Taylor and the Peterman, and they decided they need to get a quarterback. They got Josh Allen. Same thing that you mentioned, the 49ers, like I just said. That's the blue. That makes the most sense for any team. But instead, Tepper's not patient. Rule's trying to win and save his job. They can't identify quarterbacks. And here we are having this conversation. I am totally on team just riding with Sam Darnold the rest of the way. Like none of these quarterbacks. We'll see. It's all a crapshoot. I have no idea. Like I talked to Trevor Sikma yesterday. No idea. It's a crapshoot. But the general consensus is that these guys aren't – this is not the time to draft a quarterback. This is not the year. This is not the class. And if that's the case, just take a left tackle at six or trade back and get more players. But it does not need to be a quarterback. I'm totally fine with Darnold being the quarterback this upcoming season. I understand that the lack of interest might be there for the Panthers. I also believe that – and it shows out every year that people show up to watch the NFL, whether the team's good or bad. Looked at the Cleveland Browns. People kept showing up. And I understand that people in Carolina might not be excited about the season. At least they're going to say that for the next couple months. But then we get to the season, that might change. I don't know. But I am firmly fine with Sam Darnold being the starting quarterback here this upcoming season. Might not be fun. Might not be the best possible situation. But I don't really see why they would draft the quarterback at this point in time. And... Yes, the blueprint that you laid out would have made the most sense for the Panthers. If they would have just done that, then maybe Matt Rule is not sitting here on the hot seat because you have a second-year quarterback in Fields or Jones ready to go, and you are the only team in the NFC South that has a young quarterback, and you'd be in prime position. Because that's what the goal was. When looking at Breeze and looking when Brady came in and Matt Ryan, who's now gone, we all knew that those guys would not be around very long. And the thought was, by 2022... Year three, where Matt Rule traditionally has had that leap with his organizations and his teams, that the Panthers could be in prime position to take over the NFC South. But instead, they made bad decision after bad decision, leading us to right now, six days out from the draft, still talking about whether they're going to take a quarterback there at six. So that's where we're at. All right. Let me uh, take another quick pause and I'll answer the rest of your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on this edition of Locked On Panthers. For over a year now, I've been telling y'all about Built Bar. It is by far the best tasting protein bar ever. Have y'all tried the Built Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Matter of fact, Every single built bar is covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, puffs included. That's 100% real chocolate on every single built bar. The low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better tasting and they're better for you. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first 
Then they figure out how to make it healthy, and I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15, 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's answer the rest of your questions here on this edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked on Panthers. we got Paul said, hey, Julian. Hey, Paul, after my comment last week about a possible Bailey Zappi selection, I agree that he may be a waste of a pick, but he does have some upside. He would not be as big of a waste of pick as potentially Thomas Fletcher would end up being if he does not win the job this year over J.J. Jansen at long snapper. <laughs> they drafted the long snapper. <laughs> I thought it was funny at the time just because of the – the phone call and the video and all that. And then like Bama was so good that their long snapper got drafted, but it will not be funny to me anymore if he does not win the job. So I love JJ Jansen, longest tenure Panther, but JJ, you gotta go, bro, because we cannot be having a guy who got drafted get beat out for a second successive season. But we'll see what happens. Uh, but going back to his question, do you think this is a smoke screen about a quarterback? I've read about how teams want to trade up to get in front of us, a stack of quarterback. Like, okay, so we saw this Eagles-Saints trade, and then everyone's like, now the Saints are going to trade up and get a quarterback. Contractually, it looks like Jameis is the guy for this season. And then maybe next. And if he plays well, and Dennis Allen, Mickey Loomis – Gail Benson and the Saints brass think that he's the guy long-term who get an extension next offseason. He also, remember, was the number one overall pick and won the Heisman Trophy. Kenny Pickett was not better than Jameis Winston in college. Malik Willis was not better than Jameis Winston in college. Sam Howell was not better than Jameis Winston in college. Desmond Ritter was not better than Jameis Winston in college. And neither was Matt Corral. So why the hell would the Saints think that those guys would be a better option than Jameis Winston and want to trade up and get him. If anything, they probably want to put more weapons around Jameis Winston. Like they only have one receiver in Michael Thomas. He hasn't been healthy like the last two seasons. And there's also been rumors that he wants out of New Orleans in the past. So I don't know what the smokescreen is. Uh, I I really don't. Uh, it, the secret seems, which is not so secret, is that they want to trade back because they need to get picks because they made a bad decision of Sam Darnold and then trading for CJ Henderson. Neither one of those have worked out so far. I'll give Henderson, I'll show him some grace and give him, you know, leeway and wait for, see how it works out long-term because that's how they presented it at the time. But now they would really, could really use that third round pick that they don't have. So I don't know what the smoke screen is. You also asked Paul, you said, is, is Ben making a smoke screen about Darnold or were the Panthers making a smoke screen about a quarterback? I still think the best option is to trade back. If there's a good deal of thoughts. I mean, I'm cool with them staying at six. Trevor came on yesterday. He thinks they should stay at six. Doesn't like the idea of trading back. If they want to trade back, whatever. I'm cool with them staying at six if that means that they get the top one of the top tackles. I'm totally fine with that. And if there's a huge gap, well, there's a huge gap. And that's the decision that they had to make, and they're going to have to live with it. But they want they can trade back if there's a partner. The problem is, like I said in the past, if you don't, there's not top quarterbacks out there that teams want. So it's really hard to trade back. When teams are trading up for quarterbacks, that's what happens. Last year, Chicago traded for a quarterback. Last year, for San Francisco traded for a quarterback. That's what teams typically do. I don't know who's trading up for a quarterback, especially when this is not considered a deep tra- deep class. So I don't know. I don't know if there's any smoke screen at all. I think the Panthers are really putting one out there. I mean, I know Trevor brought up yesterday how like they had talked about, oh, maybe we need to find an edge. You know, Brian Burns going to have his contract, uh, have a backup plan just in case th- those things go south. And he talked about, 
Christensen can play left tackle, so maybe we don't need to take a left tackle. I, I don't know. I don't know. They try to put him out there. I'm not really buying any of it. I think they should go left tackle and just stick with Darnold, but I would not be shocked if they just take a quarterback. And they, of course, would love to trade back. Either or, left tackle, trade back. I'm fine with either decision. Also, thanks for doing this podcast. Very enjoyable. Thank you for listening, Paul. I enjoy doing it. All right, got Avery. Long-time listener all the way up in New Hampshire. Okay, cool. Um, I'm curious about what you think Carolina could potentially do in a draft besides drafting quarterback or left tackle. Trading down might be the best option, so I'm curious if you think we might be in play for a linebacker or edge rusher. Keep up the great work, brother. Best host of the pod we've had on quite some time. Keep pounding. P.S. What's your favorite beer? Okay, um, thank you for that, Avery, and thank you for listening all the way up there in New Hampshire. Favorite beer? Uh, just locally here in Charlotte, I've always been a big fan of Jam Session from Noda Brewing Company. So if you guys have heard of Jam Session, love that. Also, a little bit in your area, there's a this IPA called Fuzzy Baby Ducks in Connecticut. I don't know if anyone's ever had it. Kind of hard to find. I absolutely love that beer. Um, best beer I ever had was Pliny the Elder. That comes from uh, Russian River Brewing in Santa Rosa, California. That, and they also have this thing called, they have their, their pale ales called Blind Pig. Like that. And yeah, love those beers. I also like stouts. I like every kind of beer. So I'm not like, not really wheats, I guess. Not huge wheat guy. But uh, there's your answer to the, the beer question. Thank you for that, too. I like those personal questions sometimes. What else they could do? Phil Snow, when he spoke to the media, talked about they could use someone at every level defensively. I do think they'll draft a linebacker, especially with the Wilson news now. And I think they should have done that anyways. Because Wilson and Littleton's contracts, they could be, I mean, Littleton's one year. And Wilson could have been one year anyway. So they need to find someone long-term at linebacker. I'm totally cool with that. I don't know if they need to get anyone safety. So I wouldn't say that. I think defensive end, they'll try and find someone who could play that spot. They can maybe find another edge rusher in the draft. Like, I think that's where they would go. I, I wouldn't rule out getting another a guard. I, I wouldn't rule that out. You know, I know you brought, you got, I know they drafted Brown in Christensen last year. We'll see where Christensen fits in, especially if they don't end up taking a tackle. They're going to have to, I, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. Maybe a center, like there's no there's no reason to rule any of that kind of stuff out. Getting as much depth as possible and guys you can develop behind some of the starters, I think it would be a good idea for the Carolina Panthers long term. So uh, thank you for that, Avery. Uh, Shannon, Friday mailbag question. Hey, Julian, this is Dan, her husband, actually. Okay, cool. <laughs> so I guess you use, I think you, you use your wife's YouTube. And okay, I, I love it. Okay, so Dan's actually asking this question using his wife's account which is fine. Um, if I was in charge of the Panthers, here's what I'd do. I'd go ahead and let Matt know that unless Panthers completely suck next season, he's got another two seasons to make the playoffs for three three reasons. Wow. Okay, Dan. Oh, my God. So, Dan's saying unless the Panthers completely suck next season, which is certainly an aroma possibility considering they sucked the last two, he's gonna he would tell Matt Rule he's got another two seasons to make the playoffs for three reasons. One, to give all these new coaches a chance to gel with each other and the players, which is – not a bad reason at all Two, to take the pan take the pressure off of Matt so that he can focus on acquisitions that lead to long-term success instead of rolling the dice on a rookie quarterback behind a still lack lacking O-line. Okay. Not a bad reason either. And three, to put us in position by no longer carrying Darnold's price tag nor, nor, nor needing to fix the O-line anymore to grab the best quarterback we can either through free agency or the draft. Then if rules still can't make the playoffs, his fourth year, he's gone. Thoughts okay so gave you my thoughts in the middle of that allowing the players to come in here 
especially to learn his new offense, learn his, I mean, same defense, but learn his new offense and then grow in his defense is not a bad reason at all. Continuity is always key. And especially like when you look at, I think, who was it? It was Flores down in Miami. One of the issues that they have with Flores um, was just he could not keep staff there. And that hurts. I think it's a bigger problem in college football, unless you're Alabama. Um, but continuity, I think, is always key to having success long term. Now, as far as to take the pressure off a rule, I mean, he's, he said, I don't know what win now mode means. Okay, whatever, dude. He does know that. He knows he needs to win. Telling him he's going to get another, getting another couple years, I don't know if that's going to make him like really feel all that relaxed as he knows if we don't win and then we have another losing season. It's always a possibility that he could be let go. So I don't know how you really can take the pressure off of him other than giving him a contract extension, which would be stupid. So I know you didn't suggest that, but that's just saying that's the only way he could even feel comfortable if they gave him an extension, which I don't know why they would do that. They being David Tepper. And then as far as your third one, you want to, okay, what's the third one? Put it, put us in position by no longer carrying down his price tag. Like, they're going to have to just roll with Darnold this year either way as far as the price. I, he's got to win this year. And I think, yeah, he should have to win with the quarterback that they went out and got last year in Sam Darnold. And if he can't do that, that's him. That's on him, and you should move on. That's how I feel about it. I was totally fine bringing back rule for a third season because I think we fire coaches too, too soon. But in the NFL, free agency and the draft and the way that they go about it in the equal playing field, if you can't win by year three. I just don't know. Unless you get to eight, and unless you're like eight and nine, you show progress. Like, I think they showed progress in certain areas last year. I just don't know what he could really prove other than making the playoffs that he deserves to be here for a fourth season. So I don't think telling him. And your plan, not crazy, Dan. I just, I don't really, I don't like the second part of telling him like, hey, you're good. Like everything else, I agree. Continuity, the quarterback situation, totally fine with that. But no, I can't really get behind it 100%. All right, Michael. Uh, this comes from YouTube. He says, thoughts on Gardner Minshew. Interact with a fan. Guys, I do interact with you. I tell you on the show, on Fridays, I'm not going to spend a lot of my free time on Twitter answering every single tweet someone sends to me because it's just like unhealthy to go back and forth with people on Twitter, especially when we don't know each other. Now, we have a relationship through the podcast, but I don't know a lot of you personally. And I would love to meet you in person one day if you come to Charlotte or I'm in your area and we talk Panthers. I'd be totally down to do that. If we're in person together, I'm just not going to spend a lot of my free time when I got a job and I come home and got to do the podcast and I got other things I have in a life. I'm not going to spend all my time answering all your questions. I do appreciate you sending them in and I want you to send them in so I can answer them here on Friday. That's the best way to interact with me. But like, dude, like you see a lot of the things that people say on Twitter and on YouTube. I'm like, I don't always get the greatest of feedback. So I don't really want to waste a lot of my time around negativity. But uh, I'm interacting with you now, Michael, and my thoughts on Gardner Minshew, if you've been listening, I'm not interested at all, and I've never understood the obsession over, let's bring in Gardner Minshew, who's also not a long-term answer, because he was good, okay, good by the, by the expectations that we set for him in Jacksonville a couple years ago. So, no thanks. Um, Mark, and this was a doozy, uh, not to be pessimistic, but the Panthers led the NFL last season in quarterback ineptitude, offensive line futility, and now lead in off-season player arrest. Is there something optimistic the Panthers can lead the league in sometime soon? Damn, Mark. Mark is fed up, and I get it. Something they can lead the league in. Rushing. 
seriously, if McCaffrey's healthy, you got Deontay Foreman, you got Chuba Hubbard, they could lead the league in rushing. They want to be a downhill rushing attack next year. You got Bozeman, who's a big body. You got Corbett back. Who knows how Deontay Brown factors in, Brady Christensen, Taylor Moulton. They can lead the league in rushing next season because you know they're not going to be able to throw the football, at least the current quarterback they have. So rushing, that could be a positive. Um, so I think that there's a po- – and here's the thing. It's not as bad as it seems, guys. If you stop solely focusing on how much you hate Matt Rule and how David Tepper is just God AWOL <laughs> this offseason and – if you get if you ignore all that, which I know it's hard to, do, but if you kind of look past, I mean, if okay, which just which which put that to the side. You get Jeremy Chin, who Steve Wilkes thinks can be an All Pro, and he's been awesome the past two seasons. Only John Beeson and Luke Keekley have had a hundred plus tackles in their first two years of the Carolina Panther. He's done that. Yeah, Brian Burns is a Pro Bowler last year, who is probably gonna be here long term. Shaq Thompson's grown into a leader. Dante Jackson's back. J.C. Horn looks like a guy who can be really good for us if he can stay healthy. You have all those positives right there. You still have one of the best playmakers in the NFL in Christian McCaffrey. Yes, he needs to be healthy. Yes, I know people are frustrated by all that. But McCaffrey's healthy. He's a great player. You have DJ Moore back here, extended. They've addressed the offensive line. It's not as bad as it seems. Yeah, they need a quarterback. Everyone in the NFL, I mean, everyone wants a quarterback, and not everyone can have a quarterback. And not all the quarter, not even if you get the quarterback, does not mean that that guy's gonna be good enough. I get it, but if we just get over the obsession of the quarterback and our hatred of Matt Rule, your hatred—I don't hate the guy—your hatred of Matt Rule and frustration with David Tepper, which I share with that too. Always been skeptical of that man. Never trust a billionaire. That's just a life lesson we should all have learned by now. If you get past all that and you look at everything else, there's a lot of positive things to look at with the Carolina Panthers. So it could always be worse. It could always be worse. Never forget that. It could always be worse. They're not going to go 1-16. and 16. They're not going to go 0-17. But they're still going to be a team that's going to be competitive, which they were the last two years. Now, they fell apart last season. Injuries had a role with that. The defense getting worn down. The offensive ineptitude that you brought up, an offensive line futility, all those played a role. But it, they're not that far off. If you look at Atlanta, are they really in good shape at all? No. If you look at New Orleans, maybe a slightly better roster, but they don't have everything answered, and they got a new head coach. Is Dennis Allen going to be Sean Payton? I doubt it. And then with Tampa, Todd Bowles now has a quarterback. When he didn't have a quarterback in New York, he didn't have a lot of success. Will Tampa find an answer after Tom Brady retires, potentially after this season? Still a good roster there. So I don't really feel like they're that far off, guys. Just got to make the right decisions. And it might mean basically waving the white flag this season with Sam Darnold. But if that's the best thing long-term, then that's the best thing long-term. I want to win. You want to win. I understand. And we've been sitting here waiting a while. And 17 was last time we went to the playoffs. 18 got off to a great start. There's still expectations going to 19. And those seasons just didn't finish the way that we had hoped. Six and two to start off, four and two. Kyle Allen's playing well, even with Cam not out. Really, it was the defense of Christian McCaffrey, but still, people giving Kyle Allen credit. And they fell apart in the second half of both those seasons. And then 2020 comes, pandemic's going on, no expectation to win at all. People were mad as hell because Teddy Bridgewater is Teddy Bridgewater. Make a bad decision, bring in Sam Darnold last year. There was high hopes after a 3 0 start. And then things just didn't go the way that you would hope they would go the rest of the week, the rest of the year. So 
there were there are going to be better days. So you, you just got to, you can't, if you focus on the negative things, then obviously you're going to be miserable. But if you try to find the positives and look at what's actually happening, you can see that, okay, there actually is a blueprint now being laid out by Scott Fitterer that with the right head coach, if Rule's not that guy and the right quarterback and an owner who shuts up and goes and stays away, then you have an opportunity to actually build that sustained success that Tepper talked about a couple years ago. So that's at least my uh, two cents on that. So thank you for all the questions on this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag. Again, make sure to at me on Twitter, DM me on Twitter, or leave a comment on YouTube from that week on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday show to participate on next week's show. So next week though, we do have the draft obviously on Thursday night, a couple programming notes. We'll start off with Monday. My day job is with NASCAR motor racing network. Got to go to Talladega this weekend. So I will not be getting back from Dega until I don't know when I'm going to get back. Uh, I'll be back Sunday night. Maybe I'll put out an episode right when I get back. Not really sure. Really depends on how I'm feeling and what's happened. And, but I'm, Likely, you're going to get the episode for Monday, sometime Monday morning, midday. And it might be a weird schedule like a couple weeks ago where I was putting all the episodes out that night. And that's, that's what I've been doing like with YouTube. I've just been premiering them. So likely expect Monday, the show to come out right there on Monday. Tuesday, same thing. It's going to come out on Tuesday night. And then Wednesday, will come out Wednesday night. And then on Thursday, we are doing a live show at 7 on YouTube. So on the Lockdown Panthers YouTube page, I'll be doing a live 30-minute show leading up to Locked On's NFL draft special. So 7 o'clock on YouTube next Thursday night. Going to be doing a live show that you can get your last questions in. So we have a live chat. That will serve as a weekly Friday mailbag next week. You can send in your questions there on the chat live next week at 7 o'clock next Thursday night. We'll continue to talk about that. Following the Panthers pick, and we know that they're done. On Thursday, I will then also be going live reacting to what happens in the first round of the draft. If they trade back, I will react to all that. And what they do, if they stay at six and that's all they have, I will then record. And that will be Friday's show. So Monday, likely going to come out on Monday. Like actually on Monday evening, afternoon. Tuesday, probably the same thing. Same thing with Wednesday. And then Thursday, live show at seven. And then Friday's show will be the live show that will air live on YouTube after the end of the first round or whenever the Carolina Panthers are absolutely done that night picking. So keep all that in mind leading into next week. So that's the programming note here on Locked on Panthers. Should be a great fun week for everything going on. We'll see finally what the Carolina Panthers are going to do at six overall if they do anything at all as far as taking a pick. So that's going to wrap it up on this edition of Locked on Panthers. Again, watch the show and subscribe to the show on YouTube. It's key that you subscribe if you want to be able to check out all these shows when they come out right there on YouTube, and especially on Thursday when I go live at 7 and then live after the end of the first round. So make sure to subscribe on YouTube. You want to check all that out and be ready to go. And also, if you don't, you can check all of it on the podcast feed. You can check out all the podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Get Your Odyssey on every podcasting platform. We are out there to check us out. Check out all the Lockdown Podcast Network podcasts as well. In the meantime, enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Here's your weather update. It's going to be like 80, which is great. So keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Monday as the NFL draft is finally here.